can a powerhouse woman under pressure tune into her pleasure? Can you be sharp in the boardroom and soft in the bedroom? Welcome to the Leader and Lover Podcast. I'm your host, Cherie Spigner. We will take a journey and explore all aspects of Black women and having it all. We'll talk about relationship, career, status, religion, spirituality, love, and sex, all the things that contribute to the total us. So please join us as we take the journey on the Leader and Lover podcast, because girl, you definitely can have it all. Hello, everyone. This is Cherie Spigner, your host of Leader and Lover podcast. And I am so excited to have our guest today, Ashley Cobb. Anyone who knows me knows I love good sex. And (laughs) Ashley is Sex with Ashley. And she talks about all things around safe sex practices for people of color more specifically. So please welcome Ashley Cobb to our conversation. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me on the Leader and Lover podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am great. I am so excited to have you. Like I was sharing with you off screen, I've been following you for a long time. I heard you on Demetria L. Lucas' podcast, Ratchet and Respectable, my other, my podcast, um, Jeannie. (laughs) Girl. Yes, yes, yes. So again, thank you for coming to my little humble world. But I think that our listeners will definitely benefit from this conversation. So let's get right in. So the same question I ask every guest that comes on, what does it mean to you to have it all? Ooh, to have it all means to be able to create the life that you want. So like for me, that means being able to have freedom. Like I, I pursued having my own brand or my own business and my own job because I liked having freedom. I liked having the financial freedom to, you know, earn as much as, you know, I wanted. I liked the freedom in being able to have flexible with my time. And then also having all to me also means being the boss in the your career and then coming home. And if you want to be the wife, getting the husband and, and if you want to have kids, being the mom. I kind of like go back and forth on having it all because I don't I don't know if it's like a real thing. (laughs) Okay, no, that's interesting. Definitely, definitely. Because I struggle for me personally, I'll be 36 in two weeks. And like I don't have any kids. I don't, I'm not married. And I don't know if like if I have a children, it'll be one. I'm trying to figure out, okay, Ashley, when you're going to have have this kid because, you know, (laughs) I'm 36 here and I don't want any kids right now. Like I'm trying to build my career. That's where my focus is. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Can you build a career and, you know, and still have time to have kids? Because I feel like a lot of women we have, when we start becoming mothers, we have to put some of our dreams on hold. We have to stop what we're doing to, you know, raise these kids. I don't know if the having it all thing is like a, if it's like a fairy tale or if it's real life. I don't, I, I don't know. What do okay. you think? So, you know, I think, so your couple, your first points were spot on to me, creating the life that you want, right? And so for me, it sounds like you just haven't decided if having children right now is the life that you want. So because you haven't completely committed to that, you're struggling with 
is that part of having it all. I think once you make the decision that you want to do that, then you figure out a way to navigate and you manage it. So that's one part of it. The other part is to have that financial freedom and that freedom. Oh my gosh, there's so many people, so many women that would trade places with you to have that financial freedom, whether it's with children or without children. And I also think that it's interesting because once we become mothers, we really do develop the ability to time manage different. It, it just, it just, puts us in a different mindset of how we need to navigate. So I do believe that, you know, having children, having a spouse, if you chose to, can be part of having it all. But I think it's more around defining that for yourself and maybe not allowing external perceptions to influence what it feels for you. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that's what I struggle with because part of me feels like I'm supposed to have a kid or, or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not against having children, but I don't know if that was based off of because what I was conditioned to want, I want to grow my career. That's what I want. I'm good with not having children. And so in doing so, I know that, you know, the window to have kids is narrowing. I do know that. So it's like, eventually I'm going to have to make the decision okay, so am I going to do this or not? So that being said, what do you think are misconceptions about having it all? I think I could better answer this question if I felt like I had it all. (laughs) Girl, yes, I know. They tell you, you can't do this. Let me tell you, you can do this. Like, I don't feel like I have it all, like nowhere near it. Hit me back like in five years or so. I I can can better answer that question. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So the last question tends to be, what has been your journey to having it all? And since you're still on that journey, help our audience know kind of what your journey was, your background, how you got to the space that you're in currently, why you're passionate about it. So talk to us a little bit about that. It's funny because I was talking to one of my good friends yesterday and I was looking at some co- some pictures from like over the years, like in my 20s when I was in college and when I was teaching. And I said, I was like, the Ashley that I was in college over 10 years ago is not the person that I am now. I didn't start becoming this fully aware person, this woman who was sexually adventurous, sexually liberated and and trying to find my way into like, I was in my thirties. I feel like if I was the person I am now at like 23, like I'll, I'll be out here like killing it right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, do you believe that you had to have some of those experiences to have some insight and be introspective to even come to a place where you can embrace and be liberated at this point? Had you, you know what I'm saying? Had you not had those references, would you have been able to get to this space? No, I think my twenties were needed in order for me to be where I am now. I sometimes I see people who are where I am now, but they are younger. I'm like, oh, dang, it's, that's nice to be able to be this person who's kind of like, you know, sexually aware or you are liberated and doing things your way, not based off of others at like 26 and 27, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see these girls on the air and I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. I wasn't that together. <laughs> at 27. Right. But they're looking up to you and they're looking at you as kind of a, an OG and an ex- expert in the space. 
And they could be perceiving that you have it all, right? Because they could feel that you've reached this pinnacle of success. So when you're talking those misconceptions, right? They could be thinking like, you know, Ashley's just got her podcast. She's been, she's writing from different magazines. You know, she's definitely a voice in this space that's sought after. Wow, she really is doing it. And you have your own, you know, thoughts around, I could be further if I, you know, so yeah. it's, it's those, are, those are some of those misconceptions potentially around, you know, what it means to have it all. That's true. I, that is true. That's mm-hmm. a great, great, a great example. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you get into space? Where are you from? What's your upbringing? You talked about purity culture. Where are you? And, you know, I know a lot of this because I followed you, but for our audience, help them understand your your origination. So I'm from the South. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm from North Carolina. I grew up in the church. So I tell people that I am a, I'm probably the most churchy, not church girl you're probably going to meet. Church is, is the core of who I am. I, I was raised that way. This is this is me. This is this is the core of Ashley. I was a part of Pinky Promise, which was a a purity culture tribe cult thing from from Heather Lindsay. From if you were like in the early two thousands, it was really popular. I was one of the leaders for the Pinky Promise uh, group here in where I, in my state, and I did that for a while, and then I was just like. I just wasn't happy doing it. I was like, eh, I, I, whatever I'm supposed to be getting out of this, I'm just not getting. And then I started to explore sex, but it was kind of more so like like in a rebellion type thing. While I was doing that, I did go to college. I have my second degree is in health promotions, public health, because I wanted to work as a public health educator for health departments working with Black women in HIV and AIDS. That's what I wanted to do. I could not get a job doing that, though, at the time. So in 2016, this is when I was still doing, like, trying to find myself. I started the blog, and then I started Sex with Ashley. And, it, and Sex with Ashley started off as just being, like, sex education facts, like, just basic facts. And then it kind of ventured off into, like, this Black women exploring your sexuality and creating these conversations around Black women's sexuality that needed to be had. So that's kind of how we got to here. I like to create conversations. I like to talk about Black women's sexuality. I like to, to, because I feel like if we as Black women start talking about our experiences and start talking about things that we like and things we want to try and think in our desires, it'll, it'll normalize it for other Black women. And we won't be so behind in this sex, you know, world. Like I say, in comparison to our other counterparts, we are worlds behind. And when I say that, I don't think you have to try everything. I don't. Like, I'm the, I'm the try everything person, right? I'll do that so I can tell y'all about it. Y'all be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I'm, I'll try everything. I think part of the draw with me is I look like the regular Black, like, teacher, home, you know, homegirl, Black woman, right? I'm like your everyday, I look like your everyday professional, regular Black woman. And people identify that because Ashley's into this stuff and, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't look weird or she doesn't, it doesn't look, you know what I'm saying? I think that's part of the draw why people attach themselves or like my brand. Yeah, you know, I definitely would agree with you on that because it's not like you're 
so far outside the box where anyone who may be wanting to do some exploration feels disconnected. They feel relatively like they could relate to you. Like, hey, hey, I know her. You know, so no, I totally, I, I can, I can appreciate that. Now, help me understand because you definitely were specific around Black women. I too, I'm specific around the health um, of Black women all the way around, whether it's mental, relational, familial, um, sexual. Why do you believe there's so much discomfort in the Black community around sex and those conversations? Black people, we are probably the most religious set of people in America, right? I think with us, it's more of a cultural, religious thing that has us so reserved. And so then from that perspective, why do you think it's so important then to, to be having these conversations? It's important to have conversations because we need to be able to normalize. If more people were, were talking about things, you know, people's how. I, I never had an orgasm until I was 35 or whatever. And other people are like, oh, me too. Or I never experienced this, you know, or I or I did experience this. And other women be like, oh, I did too. I, I thought something was wrong with me. Just talking about it, it just normalizes it for everybody. And and we don't have to like do it alone or do it in fear because there's a lot of things that you can learn about from just having the conversation with other people. I know me. I like having conversations about sex with people who look like me. You know, women, we're, our bodies are pretty much all the same, no matter what race or color we are. But it's just, it's just certain things I'm just, I just feel like I can identify with, with other Black women. Right. No, right, because that's a safe space. I was mentioning to you, I was with several Black women, and I was one of the few, and I was having a, talking to Tayomi on a, a previous podcast, and she said, it's always one that has something. <laughs> and then the rest of them, you know, it's like, what? But I was, you know, the only one who had a sex toy, something to enhance, you know, my experience with my partner. And I know there's so many times, or my partner and I have conversations, and I've asked him, you know, has anyone, you know, told you how to please them or make them feel or, you know, whatever. And those just aren't conversations that are happening. And I'm wondering, you know, from your experience, how could we enhance either our lives overall? Because I do believe similar to you, you know, going from the purity piece to kind of have some liberation to probably coming back to center. I think, you know, for those of us that have been raised in, the, in religion and in the church, I think we do tend to come back to center. But if maybe we were able to explore things without a lot of the other, you know, external guilt or what have you, we probably wouldn't go so far one way or the other. We'd probably just be staying in the center because we know what healthy sexual relationship looked like, right? But similar to you, I, you know, felt the need to have to explore and just understand more. There's nobody was having any conversation around sex, like nobody. And so, you know, initially I felt a little guilty about it, but then I felt empowered and I just started embracing it. And that really shifted my paradigm around it. And when you feel empowered in certain parts of yourself, I think, you know, that shows up in so many other spaces, whether it's work, you know, friendships, you just have, you know, maybe a comfort about yourself, but back to the sex toys, you know, why do you feel, or do you feel that, you know, we're having fulfilling relationships if we are, have so many inhibitions around sex and sexuality? I do not. I don't think we are having fulfilling relationships. I don't think it's as fulfilled as it could be because we are limiting ourselves. 
Mm, okay. And then what, what is that limiting um, ourselves? How does that show up in your opinion? Or what have you seen? Like, for example, I was talking to one of my male friends the other day and he was, we were talking about anal play on men. And this, this is a black man. And he was saying how, you know, he doesn't want anything with anal play, which is a very common thing for my hero black men. And I was like, well, you know, why, you know? And he was like, well, that's gay and all this stuff, which is not gay if you're having sex with a woman. And I was like, well, well, no one would know what you're doing unless you tell them, like, no one's going to know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Unless you tell them. And then we were talking about, he said he had one, this one experience with this woman who did you know, quote unquote, eat the groceries. And he was like, ooh, like, you know, he wasn't really sure how to take it. Like it felt kind of good, but then he was like, what's happening? And and he was like, well, it, it wasn't a bad experience, but I don't know if I would do it again. And I was like, well, if you enjoyed it, why would you not do it again? Culturally, we are made to think that if a man does certain things or if, if us, if we do certain things, then that we have this negative, you know, stigma attached to it. But I was like, well, if you like it and your woman is, is willing to do it, you know, you're missing out on pleasure that you like because you scared of what people who not in your bed gonna think. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is so true. So let's go back to something you said early on with regard to you needing to address like trauma and, you know, maybe how that was showing up for you. There's so many of us that have had to deal with trauma and, you know, as young people and in different ways, especially, you know, for black folks, you know, we obviously just trauma being in this country is, you know, it is trauma. How do you see trauma showing up for people as it pertains in their sexuality in the best way to address that? I think everyone has experienced trauma of some sort, sexual trauma, even if it's just, you know, you, you being taught to repress your natural urges and trying to go against what is natural, right? I think Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels album was a good representation of women dealing with sexual trauma in various ways. I don't know if you listened to that album or not, but yeah, Demetria talks about it on one of her yeah. podcasts. So that album like goes into detail and goes in from story to story. Like just with the first one bodies, you know, you some people go through this season where there's like rebelling and then you like, okay, what am I doing? This is not, this is not who I am. And then you go all the way down to Amanda's tale where it's like, okay, so I've I've figured out how to use sex to get men, but now I gotta figure out how to get them to like me. I don't know about everybody, but I have dealt with all of those. And the one the woman has talked about how she cheat on her her girlfriend and like you know and how to deal with that that's trauma like you know when you when you're dealing with the heartbreak and, and trying to maneuver that's trauma so I think we, we all have in some aspects in some ways have have had sexual trauma and it does show up in our relationships and the people that we maneuver especially with guys like guys I think women tend to do a better job of I don't, I don't know if we do a better job. Maybe we just mask it differently, but we can kind of like bounce back mm -hmm. from certain things better. I, a man gets hurt when he's 16 and he's 35 to so talk about his girlfriend when he was, you know, in high school. But yeah, that is, that album was a very good depiction of black women's trauma. I think, I think most women can find something in that album that they can relate to. Absolutely. Well, you brought up the T word therapy. It's something that we don't tend to 
embrace in our community. For me, it has been something in different perspectives. So coaching, some therapy, you know, some, some different practices that I had to incorporate into my life to evolve to where I do feel complete and feel like I have it all. What are your thoughts around therapy, especially as it pertains to sexual liberation and dealing with trauma, et cetera? Well, I think everybody needs therapy. I think everybody should go to therapy, at, you know, at least once in your life, if not okay. only. I, I had to go when I was around 30, 31. I, I was like, okay, Ashley, what's happening here? I had to go and I had to get myself together. So I think therapy is beneficial. I think therapy can help you to figure out why you're doing some of the things you're doing. Like if you're doing it from a place of trauma or you're doing it from a place of this is what I want to do. So I think it could be beneficial. And I think probably everybody should be going if not consistently, you should definitely go like in different phases in your life. Like, you know, maybe 30, every 10 years or so, maybe every five years do a therapy check-in. I don't know, but I think everyone- it should be required go. every five years. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you talk, you say something interesting. So therapy helped you figure out if you were doing things based on trauma or if you were doing them because you wanted to. Explain that a little bit or explore it because that's interesting. And I'll tell you why after you give me your answer. <laughs> For a long time, I was having sex with people for them to like me. I wasn't having sex with them because I just wanted to have sex with them. I was doing it for a, not a reward, for for an expectation of some sort. Versus now, I just do it because I want to. <laughs> I don't have any expectation that this is going to be anything. I just, you know, do it because I like you. So it kind of it kind of helped me to to understand like okay why am I doing this and then it also helps you to when something doesn't pan out the way you I guess had expected to it helps you to to not create these unrealistic expectations so that way when it doesn't pan out so if you if you go into it thinking I'm doing doing this because I want to do it and if it whatever happens just happens so you know whenever we just stop talking I was like oh okay you know it's, it doesn't have the same blow as if I'm doing it because I want you to like me and then you don't like me still so basically it helps you kind of assume the power position and and I was gonna come back to something because I I noticed that too like just as I continue to evolve and as I continue to grow and as I continue to understand what I liked and what I didn't like you know I may do something that five years ago someone would have talked about me and I would have felt somewhat embarrassed or I wouldn't have shared that I did it because I would have felt you know that people would have judged me and I think you know, evolving therapy, being a part of that, I'm empowered in my decision-making, you know, and I'm fine with whatever the outcome is to your point. I'm not emotionally tied to the outcome because I ultimately did it because I wanted to do it. And I think for women, we tend to get really emotionally connected to outcomes because we're, we're doing it with too much of an end in mind versus Mm -hmm just kind of the pleasure of it or the, or the right. satisfaction of it and whatever that is, whether that's working a job or digging a ditch, whatever, you know, it's like, I'm digging this ditch because I want to, and I don't care that I'm not getting paid or whatever versus right. I'm digging this ditch because I have to, because I need to, because it, it just shifts the power um, dynamic I agree. things out of, you know, out of your own desire. So mention that. And I was just wanting to explore that a little bit because that to me, again, is still even part of having it all. It may be some things that you do that other people don't understand, but as long as you're comfortable with it, who cares? Right. As long, you know, and, and it also helps you get into that space of maybe not caring what people think about what you do. 
Because when you get to that place, that to me is when you really are complete empowered. And for me, you know, have an aspect or getting closer to having it all. And I want to get to that point. I, I, I hear the closer you get to 40, you just like be, you just don't care no more. So hopefully when I get to 40, I'll be like, I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You're going to get there. I'm going to come back in a couple of years. You're going to get there. Okay. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> and that's the beauty of having a conversation from, a, oh, I think I'm Gen X to a millennial because trust me, it's coming. Okay. <laughs> well, and then speaking of like wanting, worried about what people think, I'd be curious as to your parents, how have they, how receptive have they been to your evolution as from Ashley Cobb to sex with Ashley? They don't like it again my mama is uh sanctified holy and i'm sure she would have preferred me to be the girl actually i was 10 years ago when i was teaching and i was all proper and i was churchy and all this stuff but that's not that's not who i am and we've had some we've had some run-ins but i just want her to they able to get to, get to the place when someone recognized that's my mama and asked how Ashley's doing. She's not embarrassed. She's like, oh, she's fine. You know, actually, you know, she's not embarrassed about it. She's okay with it. Like, I just want you to be okay. And she's she's gradually getting to that point. I'm sure she's, she still would rather me do something else, but she has learned that this is what I want to do. And so she's going to have to, you know, be okay because I'm not changing. Well, on that note, we can end this conversation. I will just say this. If you are walking in your purpose, if you feel like this is your calling, that's all part of having it all, Miss Ashley. So I think that you're a little closer to that than what you think. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll reconcile having kids and a family later. But for, for right now, to be in your purpose, because a lot of people live their whole life and never find their purpose, their calling, the the footsteps that they're supposed to be walking in and to be able to to have that at such a young age in a space that can be uncomfortable, right? To be able to have that, I think you are well ahead of where you think you are. So Thank you. On that note, it has been a pleasure. Absolutely a pleasure. Let the audience know where they can find you. And do you have anything coming up um, that they can take a look at? So you can find me on Sex with Ashley. That's all social media platforms. The website is Sex with Ashley. I am launching the Sex with Ashley favorite things boxes, the Corley boxes that features like all of my favorite sexual wellness brands. So every quarter will be, will be five new items from five different brands that I love letting, you know, my audience be able to experience things that I like. Yeah. That's the only thing that's happening. And then, you know, whole and tail the podcast, but that's it. And I love that name. (laughs) So everyone who is listening, Ashley, thank you so much for um, coming on our podcast. She dropped some knowledge. And really, I love that idea of your favorite things, like Oprah's favorite things, right? So ladies, if you want to amp it up in a bedroom, like Ashley said, nobody's in your bedroom with you. Pleasure will lead to empowerment. And that's all we talk about here on the Leader and Lover podcast. My name is Cherise Feigner. I'm your host. We thank Ashley Cobb for being our guest today. And thank you for listening.